more than 23 years in positions of Chief Executive, Chief Operating Officer and Sales Director in the financial services and technology industries. After the completion of his technical studies, he served an apprenticeship with Siemens South Africa, furthering his studies at Wits Business School as well as Rhodes Investec Business School. He has managed a number of businesses from humble beginnings to businesses with plus 100 million rand turnover. He is a turnaround and business growth strategist that thrives on creating business solutions. He has played a role in strategy formation for companies like the First Rand Group, Altec Group, Metropolitan, Bosch, Spescom, etc. Um, and what really excited me was when I got to the end of his profile, which is really very impressive and uh, makes you think, wow, this is someone we need to sit at the feet of and listen to. I love that his profile ended with saying, his motto is no sales, no business. <laughs> and I think we could all relate to that to some extent. So without further ado, Mr. Kaski Ndala. Thank you so much. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, uh, just like I've been introduced, my name is Keski Vusumuzi Ndaba. I'm born and bred in Soweto and uh, married to one wife. And uh, I'm actually excited about the evening and uh, something that I must say that uh, I love the energy, I love everything else. And Bennett, thank you so much for inviting me to come through this evening. And uh, Program Director, you've been very awesome. Let's give you a round of applause. I know it's the evening, it's a little bit, I can see a couple of faces, sleepy, others are trying to duck and things like that, so I'm gonna cut to the chase and be as brief as possible. Together with me, I'm actually with my son, Luanda, whom I'm actually coaching in running the business and all that, and he's sitting at the back there. And uh, come rise, my boy. Oh, there we go. That is Luanda Dava. And um, I'm also with, my friend and um, I call him my sister also, Chipo Mushwana from Alpha Coat. Chipo, please stand up. Oh, there she's waving, she's doing the wave thing and all that. Okay, I'm from a company called Decorum Investment Holdings and uh, here to share more about my journey, my experience, to actually assist the aspiring entrepreneurs and those who are newly established and also those who are established and wanting to propel themselves and go forward. Um, as Keskindaba, I am also a member of Alpha Code. Alpha Code, for those who've got internet access, you can go to alphacode.club. It is something that I want to give just a minute for Chipo to come and just tell us about Alpha Code quickly, then you'll understand my context. Can we give a hand for Chipo quickly? I didn't expect that, but thank you very much. Um, so I'll be brief so I don't take up too much time. My name is Chipo Mushwana and I'm Head of Ecosystem Development and Management at Alpha Code. And Alpha Code is really, um, we're trying to find the next generation financial services entrepreneurs. We are powered and funded by Iran Merchant Insurance Holdings that have stakes in Discovery, Outsurance, MMI and First Rand. And basically we're looking to find the next Adrian Gorban in financial services. So my role really is to create an investment pipeline for RMI. They've got a billion rand to spend. We're looking for seven, eight investments that will be catalysts for the future of financial services entrepreneurs. There's certain themes that we're looking out for. 
blockchain, which involves Bitcoin, you're looking at big data and algorithms, you're looking at platforms, which involves payments, you're looking at socialization of finance. Those are areas that are particularly interesting to us. And at AlphaCode, we've got different membership tiers. And Kaski is part of the BE Center of Excellence and he's a platinum member at AlphaCode. And with that being said, he's got office space at AlphaCode. We're situated at Two Merchant Place, um, Friedman Drive in Santon. Everything is free at AlphaCode. We don't make anybody pay. Um, we've got big backers, so we're, we're able to do that. Um, but if you're a financial services entrepreneur and you think you've got really an innovative idea, um, something that you want to share with us, we're open to, to hear that from you. Thank you very much. She's got access to the checkbook. <laughs> so you know which business to have to go get. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wanna talk to you about managing working capital. Something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't get right. And uh, in my experience, what I have seen is that I was this entrepreneur, you know, this drive. When you're an entrepreneur, you've got this thing inside you. You know, this spirit that is propelling you. This spirit that even your own family think that you've got demons. Because you want to leave the world of employment and go into this unknown thing that you are just dreaming about. And at the end of the month, you come to them and just say, can you help me pay my rent? You know? And they, then after that, they help you out. And then you go and then you hustle for the whole month and everything else. And they, they you try and get a job and everything else and then after that you continue and you push and you push and you push because you've got this thing I call it a spirit it's a good spirit that is a drive that is within you that nobody understands nobody understands you and you're just thinking but now what's wrong with me no there's nothing wrong with you everything is right with you you just need to surround yourself with people that understand you and forums like this are good forums because you won't find people who call you and say you've got something wrong with you. You need to go to Kangele and get some water or something like that. No, but it is something that will ensure that they acknowledge you and help you to grow. But there's this one thing. Why is it that a lot of entrepreneurs fail? fail 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 and uh, you find someone who was posting on facebook how they've started and they've built their logo and they show you their logo it's so nice and everything else and two months down the line they say wow i got a job at game i'm a cashier wow let's celebrate together and all of them they're like where's the logo <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it goes beyond the logo. Yes. It goes beyond the logo. The biggest problem that I've experienced is that there is poor planning. First thing is planning. Someone said, if you fail to plan, you are planning to? Yes. There you go, you're good students. And uh, when you don't plan, you are effectively putting yourself in a position whereby you don't even know you're in a bus, you don't know where the bus is going, and yet you are in it, you don't even know which stop to get off, and how will you know that you have arrived? Because you didn't plan your trip. You didn't plan. Some people, because of this thing that is driving them, we get into business prematurely. When you are working, you know God has got a way of getting us to be connected into things. 
You are not doing the current job that you are doing because there's something wrong with you. Everything ends up adding up somewhere, somehow. I always tell people, work to learn, not to earn. Work to learn, not to earn. When I hear someone saying, this boss of mine is abusing me, they are making me, I've been employed to do capturing, now they are telling me that I must do stock inventory calculations and all those things, and all of a sudden the business is going through a rough time, they are telling us to sell. Oh no, I'm not a salesperson, I'm an entrepreneur. No. If you cannot sell, you don't have a business. You may have the best idea, you may have the best product, you may have the best service, but if you can't take it to market, it will die unborn. Therefore, when you are exposed into different things in a business, remember, where you are employed, you may be fulfilling a function, but when you are given an opportunity that other people call, my boss is using me, Actually, you have been given an opportunity to expand your horizon, and then after that, what do we do? We complain, whereby we are being exposed. Therefore, the most important thing is, let us make it a point that we prepare ourselves properly. Let us not jump into things. Yes, you may have that business idea, but you know something about ideas? They are like a bus. They will always be the next one. <laughs> so just because we are warming up, you are heated up about this thing and all of that thing, doesn't mean that you must jump now. Prepare properly. Make sure that you've got sufficient working capital to launch you and make it a point that your activity and your involvement in the business is a success and properly so. You don't want to be a statistics of failure. You want to be statistics of success. So that at the end of the day, because you've done your homework properly, then you are able to sustain yourself. I've seen a lot of people who would effectively complain, ah, oh, this government, you know these tenders, sometimes they take 12 months to pay. Ah, you see now, so many of us have gone bankrupt. Of course you'll go bankrupt, because if you understand the invoice payment cycle, that it is as long as 12 months, plan for it. Plan for it. Plan your cash flow. Don't moan and now you're going to toy toy there by the gate. You think you'll get the next tender? You won't. Plan for it and manage things accordingly. Therefore, managing your working capital is extremely important. I'm not checking my WhatsApps and stuff. I'm just checking my notes to make sure that I don't just over talk about some stuff. So, you must make it a point that whenever you think of getting into something, be the next auntie that is selling potatoes just because you can get them from Tanin uh, cheaper. <laughs> no. If you can get them from Tanin cheaper, have an angle that will make it a point that it differentiates your offering. You may be selling them as mashed potatoes mixed with beetroot. I don't know what is that called. But it is a special offering that is unique. Because you have assessed whatever you are offering mustn't be an offering because you find it cheaper on this code or something like that. No, solve a problem. If your business doesn't solve a problem, it means that you don't have enough people that are aching for your service. You know, when you look at what Rahid actually um, presented, Rahil, I like that. 
What she did, she stood up and spoke about a pain. And everyone raised their hands. Those were the sick people who said, yes, I've got the pain of not having an operational manual. When I'm not there, my team can't function and all of those things. And then she said, I have a solution for you. You get that? So whenever you come up with an idea, it mustn't be an idea because you saw somebody next door doing it and they were successful. Now you want to be successful. You oh, oh, so and so, go up for my funerals, is successful, now I'm going to open a funeral parlor. <laughs> no. Why are you doing that? Let there be something that differentiates you. It mustn't just be something that is there. And uh, I spoke about planning. Planning, planning, planning. I'll keep on talking about planning. Right in the beginning, in the middle, and towards the close. Plan. Don't avoid that. And right now, for those who are interested, you can go to my page on Facebook. It's Young and in Business with Keskindaba. And go there. And uh, what I will also do is to give you a template. It's a very thick template. We did it in conjunction with Salam. It's about 238 pages. That takes you through a business planning process. Young and in business with Keskindaba. Young and in business with Keskindaba. What is actually contained there? We will, it will take you about probably about a month or so to go through it. By the time you're done, you'll be knowing exactly whether to go into business or not to go into business. You'll be knowing exactly what business are you going into, why, how, when, how much do I need? Some people have started businesses. They don't even have a cash flow plan. They don't even have a pipeline of business to get into. They don't even know how to take it to market and all of that. And yet, they told themselves, I'm going into business. I'm an entrepreneur. Let us be wise entrepreneurs. Let us be entrepreneurs that know that at the end of the day, we can be able to attract funders. And funders must be willing to listen to us. As part of planning, one of the important things is to master your 30 seconds pitch. The dragons then, they call it the elevator pitch. For those who've read the book, I'm in. 30 seconds pitch, an elevator pitch. A pitch that will enable you to download your business in short. Don't tell us, yeah, you see, this market really loves this and whatever. No. Get into that, where you identify what pain are you solving, how are you solving it, and how are you making money. We always forget that. How are you making money? And most importantly, how are you hoping to scale up? People don't invest in businesses that revolve around you. You have to create a business that is a system. When I'm saying system, I don't mean a machine. I mean a system, a method, something that operates whether you are there or not. It must be a system. And that system must be able to scale up. As Chippo was talking about, they are not interested in businesses that can do 100, less than 100 million in terms of requirements for them to scale up. It's not because they want you to then change your requirements to 100 million and say, okay, now please talk to us. No, it's because we are saying, I need capacity to be able to build this engine to scale up. And then let us not be small thinkers, people. Whereby we're busy frying chips, frying chips, wire wire frying chips. No, let us think of 
creating systems that will replicate and replicate and replicate. You know, it is so sad. Sorry, I'll talk a lot about funerals. I come from the funerals industry. Okay, and um, I mean, I worked as the CEO of 21st Century Life, and uh, we just bury people, bury, 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 and, uh, and uh, we call them units. Um, and uh, it's a very interesting industry that it's an industry that never goes into recession. But it is so sad to see how many funeral undertakers collapse when the owner goes. Why? There was no scaling. There were no systems created for sustainability. Make it a point that whatever you do, you create a system that will ensure that you are sustainable. And they never rush to start. Plan. I did an apprenticeship with Siemens in my telecommunications day, and one of the things that we learned when we were doing a filing work was measure twice and cut once. Measure twice. In other words, take time planning. 80% of the work that you do as an entrepreneur is planning. It's thinking. I remember some time when I was uh, one of the executives at African Life, I was sitting through the window looking and thinking about something I wanted to do in the department. My boss walked in and I jumped and I held the pen and acted as if I'm working. He says, what are you doing? I said, I'm working. He says, no, but I saw you were standing through the window. I felt so bad. But then, you know what he said? He said, Kesky, I employ you to think. Therefore, 80% of your job as an entrepreneur is thinking. Spend time thinking. Analyze, check, verify. That is why sometimes what do we do? We end up employing our bodies. We end up employing people that are going to pull you down. Make it a point that when you choose your suppliers, oh, this one, my first, first, first business collapsed. I mean, I knew I had this thing. I turned over five million in my first year. New, no experience, nothing. But I collapsed. Why? I chose the wrong supplier. I chose the wrong supplier. Hey, 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 B-E-E, B-E-E, yes, B-E-E. But make it a point that there's capacity and ability. Do an application of the 80-20 rule. 80% of the people supplying you must be people that are able and well-tested and proven to do the job. Then you can give the 20% to the aspiring, you know, okay, I want to help him, so I can, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and I remember, when I said people who know, I didn't say color. I didn't say give it to white. I said people who know. It's very important. And the same thing applies when it comes to people you employ. Don't employ Smokey because she is unemployed sitting at home. 80% of the people you appoint in your business must be people with the right skills. Must be people who have got what it takes to take you forward. And 20%, you can do the, you know. But my thing is, make it a point that you don't compromise. Sometimes you may think that you are saving by, hey, you know what, Sisakala, we're just starting out, so we'll just grab these people. That's what will bring you down. Rather, in your planning, remember, you do that because in your planning, 
which was going to inform when you start. If you don't have an understanding of what skills do I want, the right skills, how much do they cost? You can imagine wanting to open an insurance company and you know you, you need actuaries. Then you say, ah, I'm going to get students. Yeah, this is students, at least the third year, they, at, least, at least they know mathematics. If you need an actuary, an actuary costs an arm and a leg. If in your planning, when you're doing your financials, you have got an understanding and clarity of how much that is, that will then define when is your business ready to launch. Because if you don't have those kind of monies, you'll bring people on board, frustrate them because you can't pay them, and at the end of the day, you sit with a reputation issue that this employer doesn't pay. Hey, hey, blacks don't pay. <laughs> Importantly, understand your business cash cycle. I spoke about the tender thing. There is this thing whereby you have got to know that when I have made such an invoice, how long will it take to be paid? Okay, let's say this customer is a bad customer. After all the lawyers and everything and chasing them and whatever, how long will it take for them to finally pay? Now, that new date, that is the clear definition of your cash cycle. Don't run a business based on hope. Base it on fact. Worst case scenario. So that you know that you have got a financial cushion that will keep your business going between the time you've done the work and the time the money finally comes. If it will come after 12 months, then plan for that. If you're saying, ah, 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 I don't have, then you're not ready. Let's be real. Sometimes we step into things prematurely, just like how a lot of people do it. Some people, hey, hey, so-and-so is getting married, so-and-so is getting married, all my friends are getting married, I also want to get married. You just grow up any casket that rocks around, you know? The issue is not about getting married, the issue is about staying married. So don't run into it because it's fashion. Run into it because you are ready. Not by vavavum that you are feeling on the inside, but because you have planned, you have done your analysis, you understand your market, you understand the pain you're going to be fixing, that will ensure that you are sustainable. I've been in insurance all my life, but when I launched Decorum, I told myself, I need something. I don't want to be just an insurance broker, because I'm in the process of building an insurance business. I had to find something that is niche, that is going to identify who Kesky and Decorum are. And that is why we then said, hmm, the Stockfell market. The Stockfell market, and that is where we play. You know, when you are a strategist, you know that when you go hunting, you are hunting for fed brown pig with red eyes. <laughs> when you see small white looking like things flying around don't say hey at least i've got something no it's not yours leave it alone look for fat brown pigs with round eyes and that's what you should know your game so we defined ourselves and said we entering the stockfell market therefore we provide 
various products into the stockfall market and we are doing very well because we've made it our responsibility to understand that market, to know how it works, to know what are the pains that are in there and we're fixing them and we're fixing them. You know what? We're taking business even from all mutual, from metropolitan. It's not about size. So size does not count. That is it. In business strategy, we talk about when you look at your competition, don't look at their size. Don't outmuscle your competition. You must outthink them. You must outthink them. I think of an example of Raymond Ackerman. He was the MD of Checkers some years ago. He got fired for whatever reason. He went out, he battled to find a job. He was in Cape Town and he stayed almost two years jobless. Everywhere he went, the reputation of having been fired followed him. He went to the Jewish community because there was a local supermarket that was up for sale for 200,000. He raised money, 20,000 a year, 10,000, 15,000, he raised the 200,000. And he launched something, which today we know that it is called pick and pay, which there's also the Ackermans, or other, the ladies, they call it AC Camels. And When that happened, who had the most muscle? Checkers. But he had to outthink them to be a success. So don't be shy and say, but I'm a small player, I'm a what what. No. Discovery some years ago was a small player. The invested boys were once, a, some time ago, operating from a garage. But today, wow. And it's not like 100 years. I mean, on Mutual, I see they're celebrating over 100 years of what, what, and all that. Investec is not that. So, what I'm saying is that outthink your competition. Don't outmuscle them. It's not about getting into a prize war. I'll go in under them and all that. No. What is it that you're offering that is so revolutionary that is going to differentiate? In all the businesses that I've run, I have never asked for money. When you are desperate for funding, you are likely to, be, to give a big part of your equity for nothing. Rather plan and find money somewhere, somehow in all that. And don't be too desperate. And at the same time, I'm not saying lie back and not seek funding when you can see that this thing really needs something. The important thing is have, have insight. Know exactly what is it that you are looking for and what are you willing to give up. And when things show that they are outside of what you are looking for, be prepared to walk away. I want to close with this. I can see she's walking towards the bell. <laughs> Avoid working from hand to mouth. Avoid working from hand to mouth. That will kill you. That will get you to lose good stuff. That will get you to lose good suppliers. That will give you a bad reputation out there to say, don't deal with Kesky. He doesn't pay. How many of us here can put a hand in our hearts 
and say, ah, me, I'm good. Why? We've got a hand-to-mouth thing. We're waiting for this invoice to be paid so that we can do something else. That on its own is a sign that your planning has been poor. So measure twice, plan, analyze, and then work. Don't just rush. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.